We ask in the name of Jesus that you breathe upon us. Teach us your word yourself and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Okay, so good evening, everybody, and um, welcome to Thrive. Today is the final part of the concluding part of of the book of our study of the book of Hebrews. It's it's been amazing and we are totally totally grateful to God. So um welcome with me as we bring on the panelists um Pastor Kule um Ore Pastor Richard Obama Pastor Ayobami, Adebanjo, Pastor Moralake Ore, and Pastor Asuti Asia. Okay. So, welcome, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome, sir. sir. Good evening. Good evening, sir. Good evening, yeah. everyone. Good evening. Okay. So, so uh, we're, we're going to go clockwise again today. And um, I'm sure we're all fired up. I mean, to to bring on the table, you know, um, the things that you think is worthy of of, of contribution and 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 collaboration and um, and expounding today. So we're going to start with Pastor Morolake, alright. So then we go to Pastor Iyobami, then Pastor Richard, then Pastor Kule, then Pastor Sutsi. So we go like that. Okay, so Pastor Thank you, sir. Good evening, everyone, again. Um, so my talk point today is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verses, verse 1. Um, I read from the NLT version as well as the Passion Translation version. So the NLT says, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. And the Passion Translation says, no matter what, Make room in your heart to love every believer. So I've titled my top point, you know, as make room in your heart to love every believer. You know, we find in church, everybody says, a lot of people rather will say, oh, I, people are not loving me enough. Oh, I don't feel loved and all of that. Whereas the Bible is, has actually commanded us to make room, to love one another. So are you giving out the love that you're expecting to receive from other people, you know? And as people will say that, it's an anomaly to find a church full of perfect people. Because when you come in, you distort the perfection immediately because you yourself, you're not even perfect. So you can only give love if you have love, you know? And so I just want us to expand a little bit on that because um, one of the things Pastor Craig Rochelle says is that you cannot defeat what you have not defined. So, make room in your heart. So, for you to make room, that means that there is room, first of all. Then you have to create room. That also means that if you have to make room, there's clutter. There's stuff in that heart already. So, it's a deliberate, conscious effort to declutter that heart and create space for others. You know, And when you do that, and every one of us does that, you know, then there is room to love each other. And it's not about, oh, this person is so perfect, so I'm going to love this person. Oh, this one is imperfect, so I'm not going to love this person. No, 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 no. Jesus gave an ex gave us a clear example of how to love people, regardless of who the person is. He says, love. And, you know, I absolutely love the NLT version that says, keep on loving. Not love once, but keep on loving. So, 
I just want us to, you know, talk more on on that. Okay, that is amazing. We can talk. We can talk all evening on that. <laughs> you know, we not have finished. But uh, you know, just like the um, passion translation that you read says, no matter what, make room in your heart to love every believer. No matter what. Now, I get that where the problem is, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we always have uh, matters not to. And mm. no matter what, love. Declutter. Make room means some other things are filled that heart. It could be the, 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 uh, um, the spite, it could be shame, it could be rejection, it could be bitterness, it could be anger, you know, those are the things that fill those our hearts. So when God says we should make room for love, no matter what, means it's, there's absolutely no excuse. Okay, so that is big, that's one. Secondly, I mean, I want um, um, the other pastors to, to chip in on this. How do we encourage people that say things like, oh, I'm not being loved enough, or there's no love in my department. Oh, there's no love in my department. You know, <laughs> God appears to be telling us that we are responsible for loving the other person, not Absolutely. that we are responsible for loving us. <laughs> so I, you, you realize that if everybody takes on that responsibility that God is giving to love mm -hmm. the other person, you find mm -hmm. out that love actually goes round. You know? Mm. God, love goes round. But when you sit in your dark corner and you're saying, oh, no one is loving me, you know, you are actually um, um, disobeying the order of the word of God. So does anybody else wants to jump on that. How do you encourage those that say, oh, in my department or in my unit or whatever, um, I don't feel the love. <laughs> yeah, Pastor Richard. Good evening again, Pat. Good evening, everyone, our viewers at home. Um, so what just came to my mind was that um, scripture, um, when Jesus says we should love and new ones as we love ourselves. So I think a lot of people in that category struggle first and foremost with loving themselves. Because um, loving loving oneself is a big, big thing. I mean, when I say loving yourself, it's not um, from the vain aspect of loving yourself. When you actually look at yourself and know that God has deposited a lot in you, I love myself as a person. I, I, I carry something, I'm a contribution to the world I am in. So when people begin to see themselves as when you're preoccupied with that um, that thought process, that you know the fact that you, you are you are lovable, you 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 love yourself, it sort of shifts the focus from the the people you know to to yourself. So when you're loving yourself, then it's easier for you now to begin to love because what you don't have, you really cannot give and you cannot attract. You can attract so. They, they go out there and they all they see is, you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember where it's quoted that uh, through, through the eyes of impurity, all you see is impurity. And through the eyes of purity, all you see is purity, you know? So oh. they go out there, they don't even expect to be loved because they can't even relate with the love space. You know, they are, I remember what you taught us about the, when your your coffee cup, what's in your cup, your cup, your cup, right? And yeah. it spills, you know? So if, if love is actually in there, when people your leader doesn't love you, or people don't love you. And they, so that's sort of jolting you. What will come out on you naturally should be love. You know, but when there's some other things inside there, it is the fact that look at the way they looked at me. Can you see the way she hide me? Look at what they said to me, you know, it even call me on my birthday. So yeah, they, they, I think it starts from loving yourself first, knowing that you are a contribution to love. Then of course, and we can begin to grow from there. Thank you, sir. Amazing, amazing too. Um, the coffee in your cup. So many times we are overly focused on the people that are bumped into us, you know. But in reality, God is saying, "They allow them bump into you to show you that 
your heart copure. Copure. Okay. <laughs> Pastor, you're probably. Um, good evening, Papi. Good evening, everyone. Um, just to add to what Pastor Richard has said, um, I was just thinking, if I were the enemy, this would be a fantastic strategy to get people. Um, because sometimes we work with how we feel and we automatically think that because we feel it and we feel it very strongly, it is true. And it's a big lie. Oh. Just because you feel it doesn't make it true. And I think that is what we need to, you know, so we're not going to discount that the person says, oh, I feel that I'm not loved. But what we're going to say is, it's most likely not true. As a matter of fact, if it's in God's favorite house, it is not true. Amen. So the, the strategy you would use, I'm trying to remember the name of the sermon, but you preached it at the beginning of lockdown when you were teaching us how to handle emotions, I mean, acknowledge that it is there, then deal with it with the word of God and be open to people. There's a way, um, there's, a, there, there's a tribe in our country, they have a proverb that um, I'm sorry can be male or can be female. There's a way that you can engage about a feeling that it's almost an accusation there's a way you can engage about how you're feeling that is almost like you are openly trying to resolve a matter, you know, and it's, it depends on the approach concerning that. Because if you genuinely say to people that right now I don't feel loved, I'm sure many people around me, if I were in church, would give me a hug to say, why, what's wrong, what do you mean? But if I come and I say, you people don't even love anybody, and I'm being judgmental in how I, I'm not even, I'm not even giving anybody an opportunity to engage with me. I've already come with a closed mind and made a decision concerning the matter without giving them an, you know, benefit of a doubt, oh. which we owe everyone, um, without giving an opportunity to engage on it properly. Because maybe I come that way. What do I want the person to see? You know? So, um, I'll summarize and say that it's okay that that thought came to your mind. It is not okay for you to believe that thought. And it's definitely not okay for you to act like that. Because it then becomes a vicious cycle. Right. If you believe that lie, you start, whether you realize it or not, withdrawing, which is where it started from, that the enemy will think this is a fantastic strategy. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to eat some X, Y, Z. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, I don't think there's anybody out there, but if there's anybody out there that feels that way, um, it's not true. Don't listen to the enemy. Please engage, engage positively, engage with love. And, um, you know, people will love you right back. Amen. Awesome. Um, thank you. So, your turn, Pastor Yabami. Okay. Um, so my, my scripture is from Hebrews chapter 11, 7 to 9. I'm reading from Good News Translation. The Bible says it was faith that made Noah hear God's warnings about things in the future that he could not see. He obeyed God and built a boat in which he and his family were saved. As a result, the world was condemned and Noah received from God the righteousness that comes by faith. It was faith that made Abraham obey when God called him to go out to a country which God had promised to give him. He left his own country without knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived as a foreigner in the country that God had promised him. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who received the same promise from God. And what I want to talk about from there is trans, um, how do they say it? Transgenerational faith. 
it looks as if it's a, um, I don't want to use the word, it's just something we're working, we need to work on in Africa. When it, when it comes to handing down, let's even use wealth and not faith, handing down wealth from generation to generation, you find out that, you know, really, really, really rich people, by the time they leave a good legacy and they, they go and rest, their children sometimes are not able to hand over that wealth to their own children. And even if they do it in one generation, by the time they get to the second, third generation, that wealth is gone. But we're not here to talk about money. <laughs> if we take that to faith, we, when we look at the story here of um, Noah and Abraham, we started with Noah, and the Bible says he and his family, and then we get to Abraham, and it says, by faith he lived as a foreigner, blah, blah, blah. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who received the same promise from God. How, as parents, do we hand over the hot Jim Jim faith that we have to our children in a way that it can be handed over to their children and their children's children? How do we create a trans generational legacy when it comes to true faith, believing in God, not just going to church because my parents is a believer, but how do we hand over faith? That's my question. I clearly have no experience in this matter, so I'm going to hand it over to people that have experience. Over to you. Well, I, I'm not sure any of us have experience in transgenerational <laughs> that we've, we've passed it to next generation and next generation. <laughs> you well, have now. Well, okay. Your, your grandmother to your mom to you. Okay, well, you know, <laughs> I, I wasn't the originator. I wasn't at the top of that pinnacle. So, but yes, you have a point. Okay, I have experienced that. So, I mean, it's, it's, um, ah, I think that thinking about growing up, you know, and the things that stood out to me while growing up was how authentic my grandmother was, you know, she was, she was so practical, it's unbelievable, you know, so it's difficult for me to embrace a faith that is not practical, you know, it's difficult for me to 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 talk about a God that cannot be translated to my day-to-day -day living. You know, so I, I saw how real and practical she was. She she would make us pray every morning. 6 a.m. For years, the same song at least to start the devotion. So we didn't like it. I didn't like it after a while, you know. So, but many times we tend to do what our children like, not what they need. So, I've seen families that say, "Well, our children really don't like to pray in the morning, so we 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 pray in the afternoon, you know, via Zoom, because that is our work." <laughs> you know, the children is to be, you know. So that I've said two things now. The first is how real she was. She was always full of practical adages and proverbs. And look, when you get to this turn, this is what you have to do. When you get to this turn, this is what you have to do. Don't open your eyes and let something enter inside. <laughs> You know, so, so, so many advantages that we could relate with, you know, and the the rhythm and the consistency of spiritual discipline. Not too much of fasting, but a lot of consistent praying, you know, mm. you know, for my for my grandmother. So I don't know if anybody else wants to jump on that. Okay. So, okay, Pastor Yamami, I think I can still talk more on that, though, but I was just, yes, Pastor, I'll start it. 
Okay, good evening. So, good evening, everybody. I, I mean, I don't have the experience, but I, I would say it's about um, the practicability. So, I mean, I've, I've been thinking about that lately. So, I mean, for my own children, I try to engage them with the fact that we are not just thanking God because uh, it's um, it's a routine. So when we pray, I mean, I try to encourage them. You must have something you want to thank God for. You know, the fact that you are not hungry. I mean, we go out, we see children begging on the streets, and I try to explain to them that look, these children didn't do anything, and I mean, it's not their fault that they were born and they lack the privileges that you have. So you need to remember to thank God for that kind of privilege. You know, thanking God for the fact that, oh, I can't even go to school. You know, I think when they, you know, look at King Solomon. He was very shielded, Solomon. And when he got there, it was not, uh, he, I don't think he completely understood what his father went through. So I think when we bring them on board, where they see, no matter how hard we work, for the fact that there's a God part in it, they need to really understand that there's a favor part that God is, that it's not about how hard you have worked, but just because you are privileged to be favored by God. Awesome. 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 Okay, so, well, another aspect of, of um, of faith that I would say um, has helped to move from generation to generation, at least in my case, is, is the fact that um, what was, for my grandmother, what was uh, peddled at us was a God that is God by himself, not a God you can use to get something. Mm. Not, not a God that you can use to get out of poverty. Not a God you can use to get out of, of, of debt. Not a God you can use to get healed. Of course, God heals. Of course, God delivers. But what was added to us is a God you have to reverence. A God that you belong to. A God that is sovereign. There are things that we were taught that we differ to God's will. That is God's will. You know, not um, God is a jackpot, is a vending machine. You know, you put in three principles and you vend out your check. You know, <laughs> you know? And, and when, you, when, you, when you look at God as God, God as sovereign, God as to be to be desired and to be pursued, then it, it lasts from generation to generation. When you look at God to be used, God to be, you know, taking advantage of if you will. We won't put it that way, but that's what we do. I mean, our generation, a lot of people in our generation do. Oh. Then it fails because that's not who God is. Okay, thank you, Pastor Yabami, for taking us along that line. Um, we'll go to Pastor Richard. Thank you, sir. Okay, so um, I, I want to read um, Hebrews 8. I'll read verse 1, 2, and verse 6 in the NLT version. It says, yes, the point of what we are saying. We do have a high priest who sits on the right side of God's throne in heaven. A high priest serves in the most holy place. He serves in the true place of worship that was made by God, not by men. But the priestly work that has been given to Jesus is much greater than the work that was given to other priests. In the same way, the new agreement that Jesus brought from God to his people is much greater than the old one. And the new agreement is based on promises of better things to come. So I was cracking my head. What would, I, what would be my main focus from this um, passage? And I'll stick with the same um, 
with the same thing we talked about when we did the original teaching, but I mean, emphasizing some other parts, which is the fact that Jesus' sacrifice is complete. You know, that's like we said, the full stop, you know, the stamp of all other um, sacrifices. You know, but I, 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 that in the world we live now, there's, um, there's an increasing pressure on young folks especially to make money and be seen in the light of um, success, quote-unquote. You know, and this, of course, puts extra pressure on a young person to, to, to do just about anything, you know, for, for money. I'm sure if you follow trends, you hear stuff like uh, cut soap for me, you know, that's going on. And um, they, they are told that the other, the other ways, other ways that they can um, get access to this successful lifestyle is by doing other kinds of sacrifices. You know, why sacrifices are required for a higher ground, so to speak, I'm talking about sacrifices of hard work, you know, of diligence, sacrifice in the place of prayer and fasting, you know, sacrificial giving, all, all that is fantastic. But when it comes to sacrifice or sacrifices, uh, for for that makes people have favor, yes, favor or access to God. Jesus has done it all. When it comes to sac- blood sacrifice or sacrifice of blood upon any altar, Jesus has paid the price, as we see from this scripture. So, bathing in strange places, drinking blood of animals, and indulging in all kinds of depraved activity will only be subjecting one to all all kinds of strange incurrences. So. I'll share a story of my story, and then I'll ask my question. You see, when I was growing up, um, I, I grew up in a, a community where there were other gods, you know, and other kinds of sacrifices, right? And I remember when I was about, uh, I must have been 13, we're a little bit rascally, myself, my middle, my, my older brothers were very rascally, but at the time it was just myself, my middle older brother, then a the younger brother, and then some cousins in the house, and then one of the matracks of the house say you know what these children are too stubborn and sometimes they pilfer she said she was taking us somewhere to go and do a sacrifice for us to stop being <laughs> as stubborn as we were and pure and all this pilferage and all this thing and they took us to one very i mean a remote village we've never been to and they put incisions on our foreheads incision on our tongue incision on some of the incisions on my face you know so that we could stop this this madness. But when we came back from that sacrifice, I remember, it looks as if the, <laughs> they had just initiated us into a different level of madness because I, my immediate older brother, we went local. My younger brother that was still learning the ropes became an, an a, a boy in localness, you know? So, <laughs> bottom line was that I, I think they went to carry some things from those places to oh. give to us, you know? And those things really, I mean, they did their work. Because for the next two or three years, they saw hell in the house. But I'm grateful to God that, I mean, for me, I've broken free from, from all that. But so, yeah. the, the, the question, I mean, something we can chew on, but what, what can we say really to people that feel that they need to make some other kind of sacrifices, you know, to be able to access, because for in that case, it's favor. Let me have favor with children. To have favor with God, to, you know, what can we say to such people? Because people are going to different kinds of places for all kinds of sacrifices. I'm grateful to God. I mean, I was given an opportunity to go um, name some children to them. Like, it's one of the most beautiful things you could ever see. That was accessing the sacrifice of Jesus, staying on the altar. And, or some other people will go to some places to go and bat and, of course, strange things will begin to happen. So, yes, uh, what can we say to people who understand that really it is done. This sacrifice is complete. Thank you, sir. Amen. That's awesome. I mean, um, does anybody want to jump on that before I share my thoughts? Pastor okay. Yeah, I, I think it's it's just in the nature of us as human beings to always feel like for every action, there must be a reaction on our side. So for everything that we need, there must be something that we are doing. So when Jesus comes and says, you don't need to do anything again. I've done everything that is required. It's a struggle for us to accept, to embrace. I think that is the real issue why people are still so compelled. I mean, you, 
you see people that are traditionalists, let me put it that way. They, they, they will tell you, oh, they know God is the Oluaye, the God Almighty. But there's this still small God that bows to that God. Oh, but this one requires blood. This one requires gene. This one requires this. And I, and I'm, I still have to do that one. Even though I'm still going to default to that big almighty. I, I think it's just that inner craving that we must still do something. This grace, what Jesus did, is unbelievably true. It's unbelievably too good to, to just accept like that. Some people struggle with that. But I, I guess, what should we do? We just have to let them know that. Done. Amen. Done. Amen. Yeah. Also, also, you Praise the Lord. Thanks, sir. Um, I think there is this democratization of jazz or fetish practices that is happening right now. Um, that is, I, I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how it's going to end. Because you saw that many years ago in the Oyibo culture, when suddenly the cartoons and the movies were glamorizing witchcraft, and it was very cool to be to say I'm Wicca, that's my that's my religion, or Harry Potter and all, you know, they would just cast spells and stuff like that. And somehow the defenses of young people started lowering. I'm still talking about young people now. It was okay because Harry Potter was cute and they did cool things. So witchcraft and wizardry is cool. And what will you see now um, in Nigeria with cotton soap and um, there's a name I'm trying to remember, all these Instagram merchants, that have democratized an action that would have taken people going into the forest or somewhere far where there was no third road. Now they don't have to because they see people that have done um, plastic surgery and have impossible sized waists and they're so light skinned and they look so attractive selling them oils and stuff. You don't need to leave your house. All you have to do is order e-commerce and those things get to you. It's, it's for people that don't have a strong foundation. And Papi, I haven't gotten over what you said some sentences ago. When you were talking about the God that was handed over to you was not the God, was God by himself. Wasn't the God that would give me this. I think that many generations, we, they have been taught the God that will give me this. So it is easy to transfer that, the God that will give me this, to the oil that will give me this. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous because the generations that are coming behind us, <laughs> if we think we've seen, if God doesn't take, you know, if we don't do something as parents, and that's why I asked that question, God forbid. So back to the point, it's been glamorized. Jazz has been glamorized. The defenses have been brought down. They've used attractive people. Before, in those days, when you watch all those Yoruba movies, all the witches were ugly. Mm. They were ugly. Nobody wanted to be a witch. You know, but now they're not ugly. And they wear designer clothes. Mm. And they carry the bags that people aspire to. And they are on Instagram, and some of them speak Fune. And they don't call it jazz. They call it names that people are used to. So you can rationalize that, hey, after all, I collect anointing on the church, so okay. therefore, okay. I can collect this kind of oil. <laughs> and there's nothing there. Pastor Richard was talking now, and he, he talked about, it was when they went to go and collect those incisions that uh, the things Kukuma entered them. People are picking up demons that they don't even know how to deal with. They won't even know how to deal with it, you know. They've carried their own. So God forbid, this is not their audience. None of them, none of those people are here. But there's nothing there. There's no coat. There's no soap anybody can cut for you. Mm. There's nothing like that. Leave it. Don't go and cut anybody's soap. 
come straight to the source. It mm. is, we have to stop accessing Jesus. Je, look, Jesus will give. God will give because it, it, he has it, and his and his um his 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 default state is to bless his children. So he wants to bless you more than you even want to be blessed. That's the truth. Yes, you are in a difficult place. Yes, it's easy for me to be talking because I'm not wearing your shoes. I acknowledge that. But I'm saying that that oil is not the solution. Because you will collect oil and you will collect a, a college of demons. That's the, the deliverance, eh? Only God knows how you will get it. <laughs> I'm seeing some notes pop up on the screen here talking about taking baths in, in cemeteries and stuff like that. I mean, okay, let's even think about it. How can you go and take, how can taking a bath in a cemetery or taking your bath in public, in public, um, so people take their bath on bridges because they're trying to cut soap. How does that translate to wealth if it is not something else that is wrong with some people? How, how, how is it not clear that something is happening there? You are transferring something that is the essence that has been given to you from God. You are transferring it out to collect something that is temporary and has, has issues with it. Anyway, they're not here. Um, <laughs> so, but we need to stop this glamour. And as believers... We need to speak up to people in our circle. We need to speak up to our children because they're not coming like those yeah, with broken teeth and blacked, blackened faces, no. They're coming with Rolexes, they drive Mercedes, they live in whatever, whatever. they fly first class. They do all those things that you don't really associate with someone that is living with a legion of demons. You, right. you left out one. They have millions of followers. Oh, they, they're influencers. <laughs> they're influencers. <laughs> now, um, so it's, I think on one hand, it's a challenge for us, you know, um, for our generation of believers to rescue this generation from the hands of the devil. It's, it's a challenge for us. Um, that, that, that's, that's, that's number one, and that's B. Um, secondly, we we need to keep teaching and handing down the real God, if you will, the real person. Now, look, there's no there are no shortcuts in God. There's no crown without a cross. Mm. There's no glory without a story. You know. You need to stay with God. Those things that, that you have been promised are yours already. In fact, you know, if it's if, if you check, it's either money directly that is being promised, or indirectly. Indirectly could be mostly through men. So for women, so if you if you have this soap, or you spray this perfume, or you you know, you wear these beads. <laughs> you know, the man, anything you ask him, he will do. It's all about money. And you have to see that people are trying to escape poverty, you know, and they now, it's like from frying pan to fire because there's nothing the devil gives for free. Okay, thank you very much. Um, that would be Pastor um, Richard's point. So, Pastor Kunle, um, what to you? Okay, thank you, sir. Okay, um, what I want to say will just rise right off from uh, I mean, what I, uh, Pastor Yabami just left off with. Hebrews 7. Hebrews 7, I'll pick up from 16. It says, Jesus became a priest not by meeting the physical requirements of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. 
Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. That's huge. You know, as I was reading this today, it was as if I didn't see this when I was teaching the chapter, <laughs> the chapter seven. You know, I was like, wow, set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law never made anything perfect, but now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. You know, um, the, the earlier uh, part of this uh, chapter also describes how Melchizedek was someone that did not die. And uh, not only did he not die, he, I mean, there's no record of his father or his mother. It was, just, it was more like as if he just popped up and when he was done with whatever God sent him to do in this world, he just left again, you know. And talking about priests, um, you, you, I mean, based on the laws of Moses, priests Levi. Jesus was not in the tribe of Levi, and Jesus is now uh, is now the one that has been, become our our high priests who, who came to to pay the price for our sins once and for all. And I was just thinking and asking myself that the fact that the Bible says here that. The old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. I was now saying, what is it that is weak and useless about this? So I'm trying to today relate and say, okay, the pastors, the priests around us today, everybody, of course, has followers. And because we are mortal men, we all have a date that we're going to die. You know, and when, 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 I see a, a lot of times where a pastor dies, then people are crying and wailing at his, at, his, at, the, at the burial or when they hear that the person dies and, and you know, just talking about, oh, this person did this, this person was good, this person did this for me. And I'm saying, God is saying that that priesthood where we are following a particular man is weak and useless. The pastors, the priests, back then, even today, because we are mortal men, we usually would have in our calling an area that would tilt towards a lot. And usually when people begin to follow, they will most likely also follow in that direction. So let's use today's word now. There are pastors that we will tag and say, oh, these pastors are prosperity pastors. And it's very likely that most of the followers following such people are following for that particular purpose alone. There are holiness pastors. There are um, relational relationship pastors. There, we, we can label them. Uh, there are healing pastors. There are uh, praise or thanksgiving pastors. We can label everyone like that. And they all have followers. They all have people looking up to them, probably because of that individual traits that they are exhibiting god is saying that system was weak and useless he had to send jesus because jesus was a full package complete package so if all you are looking at if what you are looking for in god is just prosperity it's in jesus and it's complete if you are looking for healing it's in for 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 um relationship being a better person to know how to if you're looking for love if you're looking for anointing if you're looking for everything is in jesus and that's why jesus asked what that's why god had to cancel the old system and bring in jesus as the new high priest now the good thing again is that the old system always had a terminal period for each priest. But Jesus is an everlasting priest. Amen. So there's never a need for a time to say, oh, my priest has died. Who is going to take over? You know, the children of Israel, when Samuel died, they were like, ah, it has finished. Who is the next Samuel? The see. You know, and on and on like that. So with Jesus now, there is never an end to a system anymore. There's never an end anymore to, to, to the reign of Jesus. But he outlives every mortal man. And he lives in our heart as long as we are ready to accept him. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I
this but maybe we just have something one or also add to this because like i said I, when when i was teaching this i didn't catch this and i didn't talk about it so praise god hallelujah okay so um does anybody want to jump on that so we go to pastor asuti yes, um thank you and um i'll be talking about um Hebrews chapter 10. Um, I will read from 25, but um, let me just take a step back. It will go one verse back, 24. It says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good work. And 25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return join here so i mean we talking about um we we had a i love my church the other day and i mean gonna go on for a while not neglecting the assembly of brethren it actually goes beyond church attendance it goes beyond being a worker in church it runs it runs way deeper than that it's about doing life together as we work in god's purposes for, for our lives so you see for some people they tell you that i'm a very private person you know uh oh i don't need anything uh, i mean god has blessed me yeah so it's possible that you don't need anything but there are people that need you if you don't need anybody there are people that need you there are people that god has blessed and positioned you to impact their lives positively it doesn't necessarily have to be um, financial. It could be knowledge sharing. It could just be connecting one group of people to another group of people where things can begin to, to happen. You know? Because when it comes to relationships, how we, how we manage these relationships, it goes a long way. It's not only about what I want. It's always a it, it, it's a it's a sacrifice, it's a sin of sacrifice. But really, if you love people, you will make sacrifices for people. And that's what relationships are about. It's not just about my way all the time. So I mean how we manage our relationships is a function of what is important to us in this relationship. What 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 kind of um, impact can this can come out of this relationship? You see, you, know, you may not be physically, you may not be benefiting anything in this that you can physically see from the relationship, but the impact of that relationship, what that relationship can do, can go a long way in positively affecting the generation of so many other people. So it's about doing life together. When I mean, the, when when we that video on why I love my church, I mean. Everybody else has a different thing to say. And the truth is, the more you look at it, we are better together is not just something that sounds nice. Yes, it sounds nice. But it's a statement that, look, nobody should say they are an island. No matter how much God has blessed you, you cannot neglect the people that you share the same space with, even if you have everything. You know, there's a, there's, there's a part of it that the truth is, you know, when, when Jesus was coming to Jerusalem and they, they were telling him, I mean, they are shouting Hosanna, they should tell people to stop. So they stop. Even the stones were tired. So we need to remember the fact that if we don't do what we ought to do, if we don't impact the lives we ought to impact, how do we raise somebody else? Amen. We have his sufficiency. He made, he made us. Everything that God has given that we ought to share. So it's about to embrace somebody. It doesn't mean you take it from the person. He just raises somebody else. And that person will become those models. Thank you, Pastor Siti. So, Pastor Ibami wants to jump on that. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, and it's, a, it's a, like every point that has been raised here, you know, very important cogent point um the, the perspective i'll take what pastor Sotier said from is the fact of 
it's from the perspective of that person that is saying, I am a private person, I don't do church people, I don't need anything from the community. And I just want to speak directly to that person and say that, or if there are more than one people, to say that the times we're in are the times that we need believers more than ever. Because there is some onslaught. When, when we think of persecution, we think of persecution as it exists in some countries and some parts of Nigeria that you know people are coming with um, weapons and stuff like that. There is that is some form of persecution. But there's another subliminal kind of persecution that is happening that you kind of have to pay attention to it for you to realize what is happening. I don't think there has ever been, it's not as if I know many generations, but as far as I've been alive, I've never seen any time, any period of time that faith, believe in Jesus, people that have, people of faith have been disdained like this. I'm not even talking about outside Nigeria. I'm talking about Nigeria, where, you know, we grew up as people of faith. Let's just say we're religious. It looks as if it's everywhere you look. This are this. Church people are this. These people are that. And it is, it is relentless. It is almost with every post on social media. It's in every almost, okay, let me not exaggerate, in a lot of memes, in a lot of skits. And it's a subliminal message that if your spirit is not alert to see what is happening, one day you're just going to wake up and start saying things you never believed you would say. Because you are being exposed to messages that are not frontal, but your spirit is catching it. Now, if you're not hanging out with believers, people that you share faith with, people that can build you up, guess what? More than likely, you're hanging out with people that are cutting soap. And these people that are cutting soap, they don't come out and they say, it is not right to be a believer. No, they just say, there are many ways to be a believer. Those people you are seeing, they're doing something behind the scenes. They're giving you messages that will, before you realize it, will soften the faith that was strong and some things might happen. It's not for my mouth that I would say it. So to bring it back home, it is that, <laughs> yes, we are different. It is church that has joined us together. We all come from different backgrounds. We're different people. Some people you would never have met them if it wasn't for church. But you see, that church that has joined us together is that real thing that should be joining people together in the first place. There is something that you will get from that relationship. And if it is nothing, if, even if it is, you can't, oh, you're not getting connections because you want, you know, you, be, you belong to a particular class or whatever, whatever. Know this, that their faith, every time you meet, is connecting to your faith and it's growing your faith. And if that is it alone, that is enough. Because we are in times where there's so much bombardment that we need positive energy that is coming from believers that are hearing the true word of God, that it's time for us to lean into each other in whatever way, shape, or form versus draw away from each other. Mm. Mm. Awesome. Um, thank you for that. Um, I want to say to everyone online, if you have a question, uh, please pull it up, and um, we will attend to your questions shortly. Pastor Morolake. Thank you, sir. Um, so when Pastor Soto was speaking, what came to my mind was the story of the, the parable of the talents, you know, that Jesus shared. The person that got the one talent, you know, um, the other day I was telling my children about the story. How did that person feel? You know, we need to begin to appreciate our one talent because God gives to each man according to his capability and his capacity and according to the blueprint of his life. God will not give you 10 talents when, when he knows that what I've written for this person is going to require just one talent and that one talent is going to blow the world. You know, a lot of times we disdain the one talent and then we're looking for the nine extra talents to add to it. But God is saying, no, stop. 
that your one talent is what we need to complete the maze it is what we need to complete the picture so as believers we need to encourage ourselves with our one talent with our ten talents with our five talents with what, what regardless of the number of talents that god has given to you it's time to go back and say this talent i'm going to bring it on board in the community of faith i'm going to bring it on board in church if my one talent is to arrange chairs i will arrange the chairs if my one talent is to park cars i will park those cars and i will park it so skillfully that the people that own the cars will say can you please park my car today for me i really don't want to <laughs> i don't want to attempt you know parking the way you did i was so impressed by it but you know and that would that that would continue to strengthen the community of faith because then that talent is seen and appreciated and you're giving thanks to god because that says in all things in all things give thanks you know and when you use what you have been given god is glorified and people see it and they say ah oh, that guy can park cars eh you know and uh, now god is really using you to park us hearing goes glory to god and the community is strengthened you know so regardless of whatever number of talents that god has given to you i want to encourage you bring it bring it on board we need your talents we are better together that's your one talent of packing cars we need it please do not disdain it <laughs> praise the lord hallelujah awesome hallelujah awesome okay so as as we wrap up today um i'm going to go um round and i'm going to say that in one sentence what are your um closing remarks concerning the book of hebrews in one sentence i'm going to go with the same order i started which is pastor moralake first okay so um the book of hebrews has been an amazing journey for me and i i think it's same for i want to speak for everyone as well you know it's been an amazing journey it has opened my eyes to see that jesus christ is our high priest that's all that we need he's the is the a he's the z he's the everything in between we don't need any other thing to make you know our work with with god perfect amen, amen. what a sentence okay <laughs> Pastor Ayubabi. You're on mute. On mute. Thank you. <laughs> For me, my almost one sentence is um, that faith, faith grows. Faith grows. And um, for faith to grow, you have to be exposed to the word and you have to be exposed to people of God. Amen. So, grow your faith. Amen. Amen. Faith grows, grow your faith. Amen. Okay, Pastor Richard. Thank you, sir. Um, I would say Jesus' sacrifice is complete. You don't need any other sacrifice. It's complete. Amen. Amen. Jesus' sacrifice is complete. We don't need any other sacrifice. Thank you, Pastor Richard. Pastor Kone. Richard stole what I wanted to say now. Okay. Let me rephrase it. Closing remark is. <laughs> Let me rephrase <laughs> The job is done once and for all. Amen. By Jesus. Amen. Amen. The job is done once and for all and by Jesus. Okay, Pastor Asote. Okay, I'll say the book of Hebrews is a manual that that um, addresses most almost everything that we could worry about in our work with Jesus. The book of Hebrews is a manual that addresses every area of our work with Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you very much, um, everybody. It's been an amazing, amazing journey. Uh, we give God the glory. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Richard, Pastor Sote, Pastor K, Pastor Yobami, Pastor Morolake. Thank you. And 
God bless you. Everyone out there, I mean, I would encourage you to read the book again. You can revisit the videos again and and you'll be amazed at what we do with you. Um, so that's it. The Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Amen. And be gracious unto you. Amen. Uh, i us upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Okay, this is the year of the team. Let's remember, we are lifted Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Shut this. Man, the kids, they're gonna take.